Thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV, where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. Welcome and thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. So, okay, so last week we talked about mindset, and on this episode, we are going to go into talking about the body today. So in my business, we talk a lot about the mind-body-skin connection, Um, and probably a phrase that you're very familiar with is mind-body-spirit, and the point is it's all connected, and we need to nurture and take care of all of them um, because of that interconnection. So we spent a lot of time looking at mindset last week, and it was all about, it's foundational to all of the things that we want to accomplish, all the goals that we want to be able to do. We need to have our mindset in the right frame of mind. And so let's shift our focus a little bit and take a little dive into the topic of the body. So some questions we're going to answer tonight are, how can we best nurture our body? And why does it matter anyway? So let's actually start with that one. Let's start with why does it matter anyway? And what does it take to um, take care of your body? Why does taking care of your body actually matter? All right. So number one, why? Um, If you have been given a body um, in whatever state it is, if it works, if you don't think it does, like, then I believe it is your responsibility to take care of it. And there's the phrase to whom much is given much is required. I don't know if you have ever heard that phrase before. That was a very common phrase for me uh, growing up. I heard that a lot. And that is what comes to mind in this situation, in this time. So we take care of what we have, right? That's, that's just what we do. You take care of what you have. And further beyond that, I believe that our bodies are gifts from God and that we ought to take care of them. And we take care of the gifts that we get, right? So think about your birthday gifts. Think about um, Christmas gifts and uh, just uh, different times that you give gifts to one another. We take care of those, right? Those are precious things. Think about um, other bigger gifts that you have, like your house or your car, right? So you do upkeep on them, don't you? For your house, you keep it clean and you tidy it up and you fix the siding and the roof, right? And the same thing goes for your car. You you get the oil changed, you change the tires, you um, do all the preventative work, right? And in the hopes that you don't have to do those big things like the brakes and the time belt and things like that, or at least push that off and, and keep up that maintenance, right? So the same thing goes for our bodies. We want to do the maintenance, if you will, for them and keep keep them up and running and working well because we have this gift. So that's the first reason is just really thinking about like, why does it matter? Well, because we have been given this, so let's take care of it. The um, second reason, so speaking of that, you need your body in good working order to accomplish the things that are on your list. Remember the things that we talked about, if you missed the mindset episode, and I've already referenced that, you know, we have goals, we have those things that we want, and our body is our vessel to carry us through to do those things. So I think that's a pretty obvious thing, um, but um, you, you need to 
have your body in working order to be able to accomplish those things. Now, I know, I know, and I know what some of you are saying, and I'm well aware of people accomplishing great things with very few body parts working. Um, I think of Johnny Erickson Tata. If you don't know who she is, then just look her up. Um, so I am well aware of people that have very limited capacity, but can do absolutely amazing things. But again, if you have a body, then it stands to reason to use it, right? To take care of it. If you have a brain, keep it sharp. Feed it brain food, keep it working well, and to keep the cobwebs out. If you are an athlete and you enjoy playing a sport, then you want to continue working out and eating the best foods that you can to fuel your body so you can play the best, so you can win the game, so you can be the best teammate that you can be, right? Those just those are things that just stand to reason, that just make a lot of sense. So if you have those goals set up, then you want to keep your body working well so you can actually have have the energy and the ability to accomplish them. And your body is that vehicle that's going to help you accomplish those goals that you have. And this is why I love the business that I'm in so much, because I help people improve their health so that they can accomplish those things that they desire to do, to do the things that are on their bucket list so that they can live their life to the fullest, whatever that might look like for them. And it's going to look very different for all of us. All of us are different. All of us have our own unique talents and gifts and abilities and have our own goals. So living life to the fullest is going to look different for each one of us, but it's so important to be able to have that upkeep on your body in order to be able to accomplish those things. So the third reason of why does this matter anyway is that it reduces your chances of getting sick with various illnesses and diseases. And that is true. The more that you take care of yourself and do preventative things, the better chance you have of staying well. And if you don't believe me, just check out insurance rates, right? So um, does it mean it's a surefire, like, you know, you're not going to get anything? No, of course it doesn't mean that. But you, again, it's better chances of being able to stay healthy and well. So the next reason, reason number four is you just feel better. <laughs> You know, when 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 you take care of yourself, you feel good, right? And it's nice to feel good, isn't it? And man, I can tell you the difference. And I know when it feels good, it, it just feels good to feel good. And the truth is that it, it's my personal opinion that the majority of Americans really don't know what it feels like to feel good and to feel well and, and to feel healthy because we are so used to being sick and we don't even know it. And I struggled with that. I struggled with digestive issues my whole life. Like that, that's all I ever knew. But when I got well and I started healing my gut and started feeling better and like, wow, the difference was unbelievable. It was remarkable. I had no idea that you could feel that great. I mean, much less that you were supposed to feel that great, that that's how you were supposed to feel. And that's what I want for you. I want you to know how great it feels to feel great. And um, that is just so, so important. Um, and then the fifth reason 
I have for you is because it increases muscle strength and bone density. It actually improves your body to be able to take care of it and to have movement and to do the things that you need to do in order to keep your body well and healthy. And, um, and just helping those basic structural parts of your body, your muscles and your bones, those are pretty important things to take care of to maintain your body. Um, and I want to share this. The NIH, the National, National Institute of Health, says this, and I quote, like muscle, bone is living tissue that responds to exercise, exercise by becoming stronger. Young women and men who exercise regularly generally achieve greater peak bone mass, which is maximum bone density and strength, than those who do not. For most people, bone mass peaks during the third decade of life. After that time, we can begin to lose bone. Women and men older than age 20 can help prevent bone loss with regular exercise. Exercising can also help us maintain muscle strength, coordination, and balance, which in turn helps to prevent falls and related fractures. This is especially important for older adults and people who have been diagnosed with osteoporosis. End quote. So I wanted to share that because again, it's it's that preventative nature. It's that strengthening of our body. This is why it matters. This is why it matters to take good care of our body. And so I think that that answers that question. Like, why does it matter? Um, well, yes, it does matter. It matters a whole lot. So let's move on to then how can we best nurture our body and actually take care of it. We kind of segued a little bit with that, with talking about what the NIH said um, and ways of exercise. So this is a broad category. So I'm going to break it down into three different areas, okay? So the first one is movement. The second one is what we put on our body. And the third one is what we put in our body. So let's start with movement, okay? So it's so important to move your body. Um, and, but we have to actually make sure that we do it, right? So again, why? I like to start with why. I like that because if it's just something like, oh, just do that, or here's a suggestion, but like, I think our brain works, at least mine definitely does. Like, I need a reason for that. Like, unless you're in the military and you're just taking orders and, and you're used to that, but even that you have a why, you're like, I know I need to get better so I can survive out there. So why? Why movement? Why do we need to move our body? So Number one, it makes you happy. <laughs> Did you know that? Literally, scientifically, it makes you happy because it releases hormones like endorphins and serotonin. So it literally makes you happy to exercise, to move your body. The second reason um, that we should have movement is that regular exercise can prevent the risk of diabetes and cardiovascular diseases, okay? So kind of like what we were talking about, preventative things about why it matters, um, it really can help prevent different diseases. A uh, third one is it enhances the power of the brain. Who doesn't want a more powerful brain, a brain without the cobwebs in it? So that, if that isn't a motivating reason enough to, to actually do movement, I'm not quite sure what is, but I will keep going. There are more reasons. So the fourth one is that it gives increased muscle mass, which burns more calories. So um, that's really great. And number five is it helps your bones, um, which helps with osteoporosis. And I already shared um, some information about that. So how strengthening, how movement can help strengthen our bones. And then the sixth one is it helps with your digestive system and with circulation. It gets things moving in your body, which is so important for our body to function 
really well. So those are all some good reasons as to why uh, we should be moving our bodies, okay? So, and if you have any more to add to that as to why or how you feel um, when you are actually exercising and getting movement in your body, go ahead and join uh, my Facebook group, which is Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living um, over on Facebook. And let us know, let us know the types of things that you're doing and what is beneficial to you. Um, so let's go into now, like that's why movement. Now let's go into some of the how-tos and what kinds of things um, should we be doing. So I want to share a little bit more about what the NIH says, um, and they share a little bit more about um, exercises to do. So weight-bearing and resistance exercises are the best for your bones. So remember, we we're talking a lot about the bones and how it strengthens bones. So weight-bearing exercises force you to work against gravity. They include walking, hiking, jogging, climbing stairs. I think most of us probably have stairs in our home, uh, playing tennis and dancing. Well, how easy is that? Just turn on the music and have a dance party. So resistance exercises such as lifting weights can also strengthen bones. Other exercises such as swimming and bicycling can help build and maintain strong muscles and have excellent cardiovascular benefits, but they are not the best way to exercise your bones. So, um, end quote. So that goes um, to, again, talking about the muscles and the bones. So weight-bearing exercises we want to do to strengthen our bones. And then um, there's other exercises that have cardiovascular benefits and are great for our muscles as well. All right. So the great thing about this is you're like, okay, Jenny, but I don't have a gym membership and I don't feel like going to get a gym membership, or I don't really have a big place um, to be able to do these exercises. All right. So the beautiful thing is, is that you don't need a lot of space or a lot of tools to be able to do anything. So you just need to have the mindset. So if you miss mindset, go back to that, <laughs> have your reason why, and just get started. So what I want to do is I'm going to share a variety of exercises. I'm going to give a list of a variety of exercises that you can do that doesn't take up you don't have to buy anything for it, and it doesn't take up hardly any space, all right? So number one is an air bike. So an air bike is like riding a bike only in the air. So you sit down on the ground and uh, put your feet up in the air and act like you're pedaling a bike or lay back on your back. Um, so that's an air bike. So um, great um, cardiovascular workout. So a second one is crunches. So again, in that position, laying down on the ground, <clears throat> putting your feet down the ground, your knees up, and then moving um, up, trying to sit up and coming, bring your head up to towards your knees. So working on your abs. So those are crunches. The third one is squats. So squats, um, you stand with your feet shoulder width apart, and then just um, bend your knees and act like you're sitting down on a chair. This is great to do right next in front of a chair. Act like you're sitting down the chair, but don't actually sit down and then stand back up. So those are squats. Then number four are lunges. So lunges are kind of similar to squats, only your leg, your feet aren't parallel to each other. They're staggered. One foot is in front of the other and you bend your knees and you go down and then back up. And so those are lunges. Number five are star jumps. So, and that is exactly what it sounds like. Your stand is not a jumping jack. It's different than that, but you stand and you jump into the air and your arms go up and your legs go out. So it's like a star or a big X. So that's a star jump. Number six 
are planks. So, and if, if you are, I mentioned in my Facebook group, but if you are in my Facebook group, you know I love planks. This is usually a part of a challenge that um, we give. And uh, planks are um, great. They're, you're down in the push-up position and you have your forearms down on the ground and your toes are supporting you. And you hold that position like a plank. You look like a plank. And then you stay in that position for whatever length of time. Maybe you can only do five seconds and then you work up to 10 seconds and then maybe up to 30 seconds, maybe up to seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, however long you want to do. But the point is that you're doing it and you're improving. Uh, number seven, push-ups. I think we're probably all familiar with push-ups, but you're down on the ground and um, have your hands on the ground and your toes on the ground. And then you are um, trying to get your face down to the ground and back up. And it's a lot of upper body um, strength workout. Number eight are burpees. And I love this one because these are formally known as squat thrusts. I thought this was funny. So for those of you in a little bit older category like mine, um, that when I saw it, like I said, squat thrusts, and I was like, oh, that's what I used to call them. Now they're called burpees. Um, so um, I'm sure many of you are familiar with that, but you start standing, you jump up and then go down in a push-up position jump out your feet out, do a push-up, bring your feet back in, and then jump up. And you do that um, several times, however many times you want to in a row. So that's a burpee. Number nine is a mountain climber. Go back down with your hands on the ground and your feet uh, back like in a, a push-up position. And then you uh, bend your knees and you act like you're kind of running or climbing up a mountain with your hands staying on the ground. Um, we did those all the time in like basketball and stuff. We I remember doing a ton of those. Um, and number 10, tricep dips. So your tricep is this part of your um, arm. It's that muscle. And so this is great. So get that chair back out and you put your hands on the edge of the chair and your butt is in the air and your uh, feet are on the ground. And then you lower your butt down towards the ground and come back up. And so that is working your triceps. So those are tricep dips. And then the last one, number 11, are bicep curls. So doing curls like this, you can do them without anything um, in your hands, um, but you can just grab something in the house like a soup can or um a uh, laundry detergent bottle. Um, I know my brother with his uh, uh, sports teams, um, his college team that he trains um, during during COVID times, they were really creative with the things that they did and how they um, worked out the kids that were you know at their houses. So you can get creative too, and you can use the things that are around you. So those are a lot of different ideas of different specific exercises that you can do. And then what what do you do then? What do you do with them? So you can do a lot of different things. Um, pick several exercises and then do three rounds of them um, of like eight to 10 reps. Start with however many you want to. So for example, you pick uh, squats, lunges, and um, tricep dips, let's say. So, uh, so then you do squats. So you do eight squats and then do um which ones did I say I don't remember the push-ups or I don't think it was push-ups but squats lunges um do eight lunges and then eight uh tricep dips and then take a short break and then go back and do another round but start small start with whatever uh 
start with what you can. And remember, start with something so small that you cannot fail. Like maybe it's actually just putting on your shoes, <laughs> just starting there. And then the next day, put them on again. And then eventually work up to actually starting into doing a couple exercises in every day, move up a little bit more. So those are some um, ideas of things that you can do. You can squeeze in exercises where you can for calls that you're making if you're working at home or even in office. Um, you can go for a walk when, when you're listening to a call or on a call. Um, you can do squats on a call. You can like maybe in between your calls, you can just get up and do some lunges or do some squats and tries to squeeze that in. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, you can also get a subscription to an online service. Um, there's a lot of different things. There's something like Beachbody that you can do. A friend of mine does that, Karen Mann. Um, so you can reach out to her if you are interested in knowing more about that. Um, her email is kdm653 at gmail.com. I will put that um, and her link in the show notes, but that's an idea. Um, you can get DVDs. Um, I would say videos, but like that definitely shows my age too. Um, but like I have old ones of kickboxing and Pilates and yoga, like all kinds of things that you can just do on your own that you don't need a lot of space. There's also a lot of apps out there. Um, one of the ones that I love is um, the app called Seconds, S-E-C-O-N-D-S. Um, and that's really great. So the things that we were just talking about doing like three rounds of eight reps, you can set that up in your phone with how long you want for each one and have rest time and it beeps and it alerts you and tells you when to go into the next one. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great apps that you can use to really keep you on track. And I do want to say, make sure that you are doing the exercises correctly. If you have questions, reach out to someone. Um, you can see pictures, you can see videos of examples of these and, and check your form and make sure because you don't want to injure yourself. Um, you're just trying to get some movement into your lifestyle. Um, so lifehack.org is a great one. You can go and see the pictures of correct form. There's a lot of different places that you can go online to see what good form looks like. So make sure you're doing that as well. Um, also make sure it's really important to do warm up and cool down, especially as um, more advanced in age like myself, like it becomes even more and more important. I remember um, doing pickup ball like back in the day and just like five in the morning and like all the older guys would be, you know, warming up and doing this. And like in my young mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's just ridiculous. I roll out of bed and go play. But now I get it. Like, so it really is important to do those warm ups and those cool downs and those stretching. Stretching, you guys, stretching, stretching, stretching is so, so important. Yoga is a great thing to do for this. I definitely encourage you to incorporate yoga and stretching into your routine. Again, you can find ideas and routines online. Um, there's a great great subscription service um, for yoga called Unity of Health. Um, so you can go to their website and check out different ideas. So it's www.unityofhealth.com. And again, I can put that in the show notes as well for you to check out. But there's a lot of great things that you can do. And I just want to um, give you a couple more quick ideas that I thought were really, really uh, creative and clever. So get creative with these things. So one of them is um, a lot of us um, in the business world are doing um, networking and meeting, you know, for coffee days and coffee one-on-ones. And typically you meet at a restaurant or, you know, for coffee and um, to get to know one another. So this one time um, I, we actually went to met at a park and then walked and I was like, oh, that's 
brilliant. I, no one, I never done that before, but it was so smart because you're getting exercise, you're outdoors, and you're still accomplishing your goal of meeting someone and getting to know them. And yes, it was 24 degrees outside. So you can do this. Um, but just think outside the box and get creative about ways that you can incorporate movement into your day. Um, and then here's another very clever one. I had a friend of mine tell me this recently um, that when she's brushing her teeth, um, so typically, hopefully, you're brushing your teeth for two minutes. Um, a lot of people that have the timer on their toothbrush, it's two minutes. So in the morning when she brushes her teeth, she does squats. And then in the evening when she brushes her teeth um, for those two minutes, she does a wall sit. And it's great prep for skiing or for whatever sport or just general life. So that's a great way, like something you're already doing, you know, like that habit stacking, just adding on something else into something that you already have scheduled in your day. So I hope those are um, helpful ideas for you to really be able to see how can I get movement into my day why is it important to get movement into my day? And hopefully that gives you um, some creative license and some ways to really incorporate that in. So we're going to go to break right now, but we'll be right back with more on how to nurture our bodies. And we'll be looking at what we put on and what we put in our bodies after the break. So you're listening to SM Enlightenment Radio and TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny, and we are talking about the mind-body-skin connection, and we are focusing on the body. So we just discussed movement and the importance of that, and now we are going to dive into what we put on our body and what we put in our bodies. So let's start with what we put on our body, all right? So this is such a broad, huge category but it is such a critical one because it was life-changing to me when I learned about these things. And I don't feel like it's something that um, just everyone just generally knows. It's one of those things where you have to like have that moment where like, oh, I just never really thought about that before. So for example, did you know that your health can be greatly affected by the lotion that you put on your hands or by the shampoo that you use? or by the makeup that you put on your face, or by the sunscreen that you put on your body or on your baby's body. Yep, it, it sure can be affected. And if these are things that you never really stopped and thought about before, then I really encourage you to, to think about it and, and join me on this journey to really kind of go in and, and think about this. So Thinking about what we are putting on our skin, your skin is the largest organ of your body. And our skin's job, obviously, it holds us together, right? A very important thing to do. But it actually does more than that. Its job is also to be able to pull in nutrients that our body needs, and it also releases toxins that we want to get out of our body. And so it's a really important process that our skin does, and our skin needs to be able to breathe 
to be able to do this. And so that means if it's pulling in nutrients, well, what is it pulling that in from? Well, whatever you put on your skin, all those things I just talked about will go on your skin and get absorbed into your body and then get absorbed into your bloodstream. And where, where does our bloodstream go? Well, it goes to all of our major organs and it does it in a very quick amount of time, something like 26 seconds that it's doing that. So do you know what you are sending to your major organs? Do you know what ingredients are in your personal care products? Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever thought about that connection of whatever is in this product is actually ending up inside me and how is it affecting me? So if you hadn't really thought about that before, then I just, I encourage you to, to start thinking about it, start processing it. And so I want to help you with that processing. So here's a few guidelines to be able to use to decide whether or not you put that lotion on your body or that makeup or that body care product on your skin, okay? So number one, first, you need to know what the bad guys are, okay? You need to know what the no-nos are, right? So did you know that there are endocrine disruptors in personal care products and makeup? Yeah, there's there's uh, there's a lot of bad things that can do a lot of damage Um to so many different aspects of your health, to so many parts of your body. And it goes beyond what we are going to go into today. I'm just trying to give you a basic overview of a variety of things. So my plan isn't necessarily to go into great depth about all these things, but just give you enough to really kind of start processing and thinking about this concept, okay? So with that, I want to share the top four things that um, you want to be sure to avoid in your personal care product. Okay, so they are number one, petrolatum, number two, phthalates, number three, parabens, and number four, triclosan. Okay, so I want to go back and just talk a little bit about each one. Uh, petrolatum, so petrolatum is from, it's a derivative of oil. And um, so obviously oil is a toxin, not really something you want in your system, in your body. Um, and, but not only that, also, oil is occlusive. Okay, so what do I mean by that? So remember, we were just talking about our skin being the largest organ of our body, and not only does it hold us together, but its job is to breathe, and its job is to release those toxins and pull in those nutrients. And so the thing is, when you put a lotion on your skin that has petrolatum in it, it's like wrapping your body in cellophane. It puts a barrier there. And so that barrier is not allowing nutrients to come in. It's stopping them. And it's also stopping the toxins from getting out. So they come up, they hit that barrier, they go back in and they stay and circulate in your body. So you're not able to release those toxins. So it's it's causing harm to your health in that way. And, and petrolatum mineral oil is a very, 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 very common ingredient in tons of personal care products. And if you don't believe me, go to your bathroom drawers and pull out the products that you have and look for petrolatum, look for mineral oil and um, see how many of your products have that in it. So, because it's very common because it's, it's cheap. And so it's, it's just one of the things that's in there. But once you know what it's actually doing, you might not want to have that in your products that you're using. 
Then there's phthalates, parabens, triclosan. So I mentioned the endocrine disruptors. These can cause major disruption to your endocrine system. Um, and so any part of that word, when you see it on the ingredient list, you don't want it. So like it could be like methylparaben, it could be like wherever phthalate or paraben or triclosan is in the word, any combination of it, you don't want it in your system. Okay. So, so those are just some of those, um, that kind of pro uh, ingredient that we don't want. There's so many more, but we're just going to focus on those four. And then there's all the animal products that are just too often included in our personal care products. So we're talking about rendering plants. And I don't mean plants like things that grow. I mean plants like a factory. Um, and so they're in virtually every state. And um, if you're not familiar with them, um, if, if you're, <laughs> we'll warn you, if you're eating right now, you probably want, don't want to listen right now or just, you know, pause it, come back later. But what a rendering plant is, if you're not familiar, is um, a, a factory where this is huge, huge vat. And into this vat, goes um, lard and frying oil from restaurants, um, euthanized animals still with the collars on, uh, roadkill, old rancid grocery store meat still on the packaging. You get the idea. Like all this stuff goes into this vat and it's boiled up. Um, a film boils up to the top, is rendered to the top. And that film is sold to cosmetic companies all around the world. So it's a very, very common thing. And that's what tallow is. And so tallow is animal product. Um, so that's tallow. And then we're also talking about guanine, which is bat poop. Um, and then there's lanolin, which is the greasy excretion from animals like sheep. And then there's ambergris. I'm not even sure if that's how you pronounce it, but ambergris, I don't know. But what that is, is the waxy oil that lines the whale's stomach. How and why it ended up in your personal care products, I don't know. Um, so we don't have time to go into all of those. And there's so many more um, in greater detail today. But if you'd like to know more, just let me know. Um, I can do an episode on it if you want. Um, just reach out to me at my Instagram. I'm at Jenny Hardy. Um, and send me a message and just let me know. We can definitely do that if you're interested. But just, just suffice to say that there's a lot of potential things in your products that you probably don't want in there that you just haven't been aware before. Okay. So uh, number two thing of guidelines to help you decide whether you want to use that product or not. So now that you know some of the main things to avoid, then choose better products. Okay. So pay attention to the ingredient labels. It makes a huge difference. So I'll give you a hint to get you started. So if the company says vegan, or if the product says vegan, or if the, it says no animal products or byproducts, then that's a great start because that means it's very different than a majority of the products that are already on the market. So remember those rendering plants I was just talking about then, you know, because that's industry standard, it's cheap, it's what people are doing. So, um, you are going to not, you at least won't have all the animal products and byproducts um, in your personal care products that you're using if it says vegan or no animal products or byproducts. So that's a great start. Also, pay attention to the amount of preservatives that a product contains. Okay. So 
Sadly, most of the products that are sitting on a shelf um, are filled with 25 to 50 percent, up to half of the product is preservatives. And it has to be because they don't know how long that product is going to be sitting on that shelf before you, the buyer, the consumer comes and grabs it to buy it. And so they, they need it to be prepared to sit there for, I don't know, two years, five years, 10 years, however long they think it might take um, and they don't want it to go bad. But then you have all this preservatives and all those chemicals in your products that, again, we know where it ends up. So buying your products from companies that send it to you in the mail is a better option because those products are created and then sent to you and they're intended to be used and you use it up and then um, you order more. And so they're not designed to sit on a shelf for years. So they're not going to have that high preservatives in them. Okay. And so find a company or several companies that you vet and that you trust and use their products. And once you know the standards of the company, then it makes a big difference because those standards are applied across the board to all of their products. So if you need help with this, feel free to reach out, feel free to join my Facebook group, Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living, um, where we discuss these things a whole lot. Um, a company that I love and trust is Arbonne. And in fact, I even represent them and their products. And here's a few reasons why. So number one, they have the highest standards of any company that I have personally come across. And they not only follow European standards, and I don't know if you're familiar, but Europe has much higher standards when it comes to the ingredients that you're allowed to put in personal care products um, uh, to be used in them. Um, so Arbonne meets those standards, um, but then goes beyond that. So Arbonne bans 2,000 ingredients. So we just talked about four plus a couple animal products. We talked about maybe 10 of them. There's like so many more that you don't want in your products. So Arbonne has already banned 2,000 of them that are not in any of their products. Um, number two, they are vegan. And so there's no animal products or byproducts in anything. And number three, it uses the best, most potent botanicals that have amazing effects on the body. So it actually works and does good things for your body. So it's pretty amazing. So the third thing to consider when you're looking at something and, and wanting to use it as a product, um, let's talk about what's good for your body. So what do you want in your products? So admittedly, it's far more important to know what's not in your products, but you do want to think about what's actually in them, okay? So we want things that nurture our bodies, and plants are bioidentical, and so they're great for nourishing for replenishing and even healing our bodies. <clears throat> so let's talk about a few natural ingredients that I'll give you some different botanicals. Um, there's green tea extract, coconut oil, avocado, jojoba oil, aloe vera, shea butter, tea tree oil, turmeric, algae extract, frankincense, I could go on and on and on. So that just gives you a little list, a, a couple ideas of different ingredients that we do want um, in our products. So I hope that is helpful to have an idea of it matters what you're putting on your skin because it does affect your overall health and then um, gave you some guidelines to help you decide on better products, better choices to use um, for your skin, what you put on your body. So now let's switch to the third one. So we talked about movement. We talked about what to put on our body. And now let's go to number three, what we put in our body. Let's talk about the foods that we're eating, okay? There's so many things that we can talk about here. 
And if you caught any of the episodes of the Two Healthy Chicks, you've heard a lot of this. Um, but I want to focus today on simply asking yourself three questions. Super simple, okay? We're, we're simpli simplifying things down. So when you go to eat something, ask yourself these three questions about the food, okay? So number one, sorry, I keep hitting this. So is it alkaline forming, okay? So what does that mean? All right, so our body pH is affected by many different things. So our pH level um, range can range from zero to 14, with zero being the most acidic and 14 being the most basic or the most alkaline, okay? So our pH level should be about a 7.4. Um, so the truth is, though, our body fluctuates in that number for a variety of different reasons, different and different body parts need to be at a different level level. But the overall overarching number that is most ideal for our health is 7.4. Now, like I said, there's a lot of different factors that affect that. Um, but what I want to talk about is um, about the foods that we're eating and how that affects our overall number. Okay. Um, so, and, and I did want to just also mention about the acidic and alkaline um, disease lives and thrives in an acidic state. Okay. And it, disease cannot live in an alkaline state. And the lungs and the kidneys play a role in our pH balance. And so they are detoxifying organs. So our food has a lot to do with this. And so we want to be eating foods that are alkaline forming because the reality is, is that we don't have to work to get ourselves into acidic state. <laughs> we tend to go there just by the, the things that we do and the foods that we're eating. Um, that is, is where we want to get out of that acidic state. So we want to be aware of what the foods that we're eating, what direction they're going to take us, okay? So let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about, okay? So examples of acid-forming foods are canola oil, cranberries, rice cakes, corn, beef, black beans, chickpeas, American cheese, white sugar, peanuts, white rice, coffee, fruit juices, soft drinks, and alcohol. Okay. So those are all things, just a few examples of some things that will be acid forming, send us towards an acid state in our body. Now, a few examples of alkaline forming foods. So when you eat these foods, it's going to send you to the basic, to the alkaline side. There's garlic, asparagus, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, apples, tomatoes, squashes, all the squashes, carrots, cucumbers, lemons, limes, apple cider vinegar. Okay. So those are examples of alkaline forming foods. And the point is, is to be aware of this and to have a balance of them. It doesn't mean just totally separate and, and only eat one thing or the other. We want the balance. So just be aware of what state is going to likely send your body as you're eating those things and have a balance of those. Okay. So that's question number one is, is it alkaline forming? All right. Second question to ask yourself when you're going to eat that food is, is it inflammatory or anti-inflammatory? Okay. So at the root of most diseases in our body is inflammation. All right. So, and it's important to lower our inflammation as much as possible. So again, it lowers the chances of the having, um, 
an, a body that is ripe for disease to grow. So we want to lower those chances. So we want to lower our inflammation. Okay. And so it's interesting. Um, I love grammar. And so um, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with, but itis, when the suffix itis is added to a word, it means inflammation of. So it means inflammation of whatever body parts. So for example, bronchitis is inflammation of the bronchioles. Sinusitis, inflammation of the sinuses. Arthritis, inflammation of the joints. So anytime you see itis on there, you're talking about inflammation, okay? So what causes inflammation? A lot of different things, but there are foods that are inflammatory foods that will cause and lead and feed into inflammation. So what are examples of inflammatory foods? Well, here's a few. There's fried foods, omega-6 oils, which is vegetable oil, meat that is grain-fed. Now, this was a really interesting one to me um, because meat that is grain-fed is different than meat that is grass-fed. Animals are supposed to be eating grass, um, but too often so much of our meat supply is fed grains. And so when they are fed grains, then they have a lot of sicknesses and they're given a lot of antibiotics. And then those antibiotics get into the animal and then that gets into the food that we eat and then it affects our bodies, um, giving us an inflammatory response. So that is why meat that is grain fed is inflammatory. So um, then there's also sugar, alcohol, dairy, processed meats. So we're talking about bacon, sausage, ham in that category, trans fats, which is partially hydrogenated oil, additives, iodized salt, peanuts because of the mold um, that grows with peanuts, um, aspartame, cetin and agave, and that those highly affect vegans. Those are common things that vegans will eat and packed juices. So those are all examples of inflammatory foods. Okay. And then I want to give you some examples of anti-inflammatory foods. All right. Some examples are walnuts, almonds, pistachios, garlic, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, chia, and then there's tuna, trout, salmon, sardines, mussels, olive oil, green leafy vegetables, avocados, citrus fruits, berries, berries of any kind, and grapes. So those are all examples of anti-inflammatory foods. So again, it's an awareness continuum. Be aware of the foods that you're eating. Ask yourself, is this inflammatory or is this anti-inflammatory? Is this going to add to inflammation and a state of um, a place to harbor disease? Or is this going to be something that is going to kick that area to the curb to clean things up and to not um, let inflammation grow in your body? All right. So that was question number two to ask yourself when you eat a food. And then the third question that I want to encourage you to ask yourself before you eat something is, how do I feel when I eat it? Guys, this is so important. Pay attention to how you feel. This is key. Do not discount this because every body is different and you need to listen to yours and know what feeds it well, what makes you feel good and makes you feel well. And this is not me telling you what to do. This is about you 
figuring out what works well for you, what energizes you, what makes you feel well. So don't discount that because I think too often it's just like, oh, we just eat and we don't realize there's any connection between the foods that we are eating and how we actually feel. So slow down, take a moment to think and process and understand that yes, these foods are affecting me. The question is how, how do I feel? Do I feel energized and alive and awake and and thinking clearly and ready to take on the day? Or do I feel sluggish and feel like I need to crawl back into bed or take a nap or the, I have cobwebs in my brain and or I feel my stomach feels inflamed and is distended? Like, what do I feel? How do I feel when I eat that food? So those are the three questions that I encourage you to ask before you eat something. Number one, is it alkaline forming? Number two, is it inflammatory or anti-inflammatory? And number three, how do I feel when I eat it? So I hope those are things that are helpful to you to be able to think about um, your body, keeping movement. I encourage you to keep movement going, exercise, really think about what you're putting on your skin and really think about what you're putting in your body to really add up to that healthy body that allows you to do the things that you want to do and accomplish the things that you want to do. So I encourage you to um, give me your feedback, give me your suggestions, join our community on Facebook at Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave us a five-star review. It really does help and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a great one. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help, and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.